Next on BYUSN, our biggest questions heading into Big 12 football media days. We need your help. And following Austin Deming being drafted by the Astros yesterday, we ask which program needs a bigger pro draft presence. Jason, I'll take all of the above for 500. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, July 11th. I am Spencer Linton alongside the Texas travel specialist and former Rand McNally employee, Jason Shepard. Do you remember the Rand McNally's, the big Atlas maps? Oh, yes, I remember. So, so I... So, uh, I, I will not be packing mine when we hop on the plane for Dallas <laughs> later on today. Your uh, suitcase size atlas. Like, like <laughs> sir, you, you're going to have to check this third bag. It's got my Rand McNally atlas in there. Can I please <laughs> take that with me on the plane? We've aged ourselves. <laughs> I know. But I remember vividly, like, trips when we lived oh, yeah. back in, in Missouri, coming to Utah, or once we moved to Utah, going back to Missouri to visit family. Those long trips, I remember being fascinated by just opening up yes. the maps and just looking at different, yeah. Oh, how the times have changed. <laughs> Google's not syncing right now. Where am I supposed to turn? I, I was like, there's no signal here. Come on. <laughs> That's all it is now. Why didn't Google notify me of this two-minute delay because of this road closure that happened 15 minutes ago? We've become soft, Spencer. Yes, yes. But for that, I'm not too, I'm not going to be uh, too upset about that one. That, that convenience is quite nice. Hey, just make sure you're ready to roll and Google's all synced up when we get to Texas, okay? Hey, all I know is... You've got the rental car. Indeed. So uh, hopefully you know where we're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, GPS, help, please. Take us to Jerry World. None of, none of the Michael Scott driving into a river, I promise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, coming up on today's show, we got lots to get to. Spencer was just talking about it. What do we want to learn at Big 12 Media Days? That's obviously coming up tomorrow. Which BYU program needs a bigger pro draft presence? New BYU big man Ali Khalifa talks about choosing BYU and playing tour guide to Mark Pope, who traveled all the way to his home country of Egypt to visit. Plus, women's volleyball was picked to finish second in the Big 12 this season. Aaron Livingston and Kate Pryor stopped by to talk about the summer and the upcoming season. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. The new kids on the block, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, the four new schools for the Big 12 making their first appearance at Big 12 Football Media Days. And in the spirit of new kids on the block, Jason, step by step, Ooh. we will be implemented into the conference. This is the next step. My question for you today is, what do you want to learn at BYU's initial Big 12 Media Days extravaganza? A lot. There, there are a lot of things that I'm excited to have answers to. One, and it's not really getting a ton of talk, we've heard about this brand refresh, the Big yeah. 12 brand refresh. Now, yeah. we know it's not a, a name change. We know it's not a logo change. At least that's what Commissioner Yormark has said, that it's not either of those. But I'm really curious to know what that means. And because we know that uh, Commissioner Yormark and the conference have proven that they're going to think big. I, I like the idea of what that could mean. So I'm excited to find out what the brand refresh means. The, the other thing, obviously, with BYU specifically, but the other three additions to the conference, I, I really want to know face-to-face -face and talking with these guys from opposing teams, head coaches, players, 
really what they think about the addition, sure. what they think about BYU. I'm excited to be able to sit across from them and ask these questions and their, their thoughts on coming to Provo and the, the late night games and the elevation, like all of those things I'm just excited to have conversations about. You know what I really want to know, but we're not going to find out? Is who's expansion? At, who's at the top of the list of the expansion? <laughs> yeah potentials right yeah. like they may lead with that who knows <laughs> we've ranked the uh, following candidates as such that's what i really want to know that's what everybody wants to know now commissioner Yormark, he answered a bunch of questions he joined us not too long ago on byu sports nation and discussed that clearly he would rather be at 14 teams even after texas yes. and oklahoma leave so again that kind of went big 12 viral and we created some news here in studio b and all of the fan bases that are hoping to have their teams put into a Power 5 or into the Big 12 started to sound off on that. So, yes, that's what we want to know. But, hey, at least he told us he would rather be at 14. So we know. Yeah, he attached a number to it. We know that this probably isn't over. And he also said, again, I want to be in the West Coast. Jason, this all comes down to I feel what happens with the Pac-12 TV media deal and Brett Yormark will be asked about that yes. tomorrow. Oh, no He'll question. be asked about expansion. He'll be asked about the Pac-12 television situation and how it potentially impacts the Big 12 expansion candidates. He'll be asked about it all again, but we still won't know. So that's what I wish yeah. we would find out tomorrow. It's all good. Secondly, and again, we probably won't find out about this either, I want to know what the basketball schedule is going to look like. This is Big 12 football media days. We know the football schedule. Right. We have a pretty good idea of at least we think, of the teams and what they consist of and, and what BYU is going to face. We have no idea who's coming to the Marriott Center. Right? Well, and, did, and he said that, like normal, he's expecting it August, September is when we'll yes. see that schedule, right? Yes. Okay, but I digress. Like, I, I know I'm asking for a lot. Uh, this is me Yeah. Stop being so complaining about yeah. my GPS not working fast enough, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I get it. Um, I am very interested to speak with Steve Sarkeesian. That is one thing that I'm really looking forward to, the former BYU quarterback. What's his relationship like with BYU? And I know it's only one year that Texas and BYU are going to be in the same league, but how does he view that? I, I'm excited to learn specifically what the big dog and the preseason favorite Texas and their former BYU quarterback head coach Steve Sarkeesian think about BYU's implementation into Power 5 play. Um, I'm sure he'll give a nice political answer, but I still want to ask him the question. So very excited about that. Excited to talk to a bunch of head coaches. Mike Gundy's probably at the top of the list too, yeah. right? He's been a proponent of BYU. He's talked about talk BYU's glowingly about brand. BYU. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear you know, what he thinks about closing the season on Thanksgiving weekend against BYU and how he plans to have his team bounce back. And then... Maybe just to get a sense of the, the future of Big 12 football, will it continue to be a round-robin schedule, whether it's 12 or 14? Are divisions ever going to happen at any point in the future? I don't think they will, Jason, but I'm hoping that question is answered again because divisions are a thing, right? It's still, at least in, in a few Power 5 conferences, is, is that going to remain even if the Big 12 gets to 14 teams again? I, I wonder if the round-robin schedule existed because Texas and Oklahoma right. are staying for one more year. When they leave, like, are divisions a potential thing? And who's BYU's rival? Like, are we going to learn something? Is someone going to say something? So then we're like, okay, 
Now it's, it's on. like okay. Now it's on. Oh, it's you've you. Been, you've been added to the list. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm really keeping receipts, I'm, as the kids like to say. Indeed. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the head coaches and their key players speak about BYU and just their their perception. Yeah. You know, we like to think that everybody knows about BYU. Coaches do. I don't know the players do. Like, what are the players that are actually going to play the games and compete against BYU think of the Cougars in year number one? I'm also really curious to know which storyline is going to dominate more. Because mm. we're going in with the side of the coin of the additions. Because BYU is part of the additions. Yeah. But you're talking about everybody else who's already been in the conference. Certainly, you know, teams that have been there from day one that have been with Oklahoma and Texas – are they focusing more on the subtractions, which is going to carry more weight in what people talk about? Is it losing Texas and Oklahoma, or is it the addition? I tend, and, and look, again, maybe it's because this is the side we're coming from, I tend to believe that the conference is going to want to focus on the positive, which is the four coming in more yeah. than the two that the two are leaving. leaving. Yeah, so I think that's where it will go, but I'm, I'm curious to see how, how the narrative from questions you know, are, are divvied up. Is it more about Texas and Oklahoma leaving, or is it more about the four additions yeah. and what they bring to the conference? Is Texas finally back? This is the last <laughs> hurrah. Are they actually going to win a conference championship? They were picked to win the league this year. But you bring up a good point, and that brings up a thought from Robbie Triano yesterday, who's a Big 12 Sirius XM radio producer and fan of BYU. He declared it. He's 100% in. Ten toes down. Yes. By the way, did you see his tweet yesterday about the cougar tail? How he said he could eat it in five seconds? (laughs) (laughs) I did. That was hilarious. Also interesting, he said, the worst thing that could happen to the conference is that Texas and or Oklahoma are in the championship game, and if both are in it, then it... It is yeah. DEFCON 1, right? right? Yeah. That, that cannot happen. So he said, root for that not to happen so that there is some type of, I guess, momentum of the remaining teams moving forward into this new Big 12 horizon. I thought that was very interesting. Do other fan bases share that same sentiment as, as Robbie? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it until he brought it up. Like, do I really care if, big, if Texas and Oklahoma hypothetically were in the Big 12 championship game? I guess I kind of do. I guess I would like one of the teams remaining to be represented there, if not two. You would think the sentiment from those that have been in the conference with Texas and Oklahoma, knowing that they are leaving, would not want them to leave on a high note. Yeah. You would think that would be the case, yeah. that they, everybody would be rooting against that happening. What's, you would think. What's the reception yeah. for Texas and Oklahoma? That is another thing to watch for at Big 12 Media Days. One of the things that we were talking about yesterday on the show was the Major League Baseball draft and whether or not we expected any BYU players to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Both of us said expect. We probably didn't expect, but we were certainly hopeful. Yeah, 20 rounds. Th- that that somebody half. would get, and we talked about Austin Deming. Well, congratulations to Austin Deming. He was selected by the Houston Astros in the 10th round, a top 10 round draft pick. Congratulations to him. So it got us discussing this morning in in our meeting, which program on campus, so which athletic program would benefit most from having a bigger presence in a professional draft? Obviously, the one that gets talked about the most is college football, and they drafted into the NFL. Obviously, what we've seen, women's soccer has had several players drafted into the NWSL, playing professionally. Now, volleyball's different. There's not like a professional league here in the United States, but 
several on the men's and women's side. The volleyball nation. Yes, their they play in teams. Europe. Yes, all. Sure. So you have that. Baseball recently has had. Last year they had four players drafted, five on rosters. So which do you think would be best served to have a greater presence in professional drafts? It has to be BYU men's basketball. I just feel like it's been so long since BYU had a draft pick that they've kind of forgotten what that is like and what it can potentially do for recruiting. you got to go back to Jimmer in the spring, summer of 2011, Jason, yeah. to find the last time BYU basketball had a draft pick. And frankly... Over the last 25 years, it has been very, very sparse. Before Jimmer, it was Hafa Araujo in, what, 2005? 2008. 2008. 2008. To the Toronto Raptors. No, no. No, 2005 because he was the eighth pick. That's yes, he was the eighth pick in 2005. Okay. Yes, yes. And a little before that, Travis Hansen to the Atlanta Hawks in the second round. Other than that, in the 2000s, who's been, who's been drafted out of BYU? Three players, Jason, yeah. in almost 25 years? And who's the next guy? Like, BYU moving into the Big 12, they're going to need to get a special type of player every now and again to truly help them compete at the highest level. This is the best basketball conference in America with several schools that are placing multiple players into the NBA year after year after year. I mean, just look at Kansas and Baylor and UCF, all represented in the lottery this year. Right? There were four players drafted out of the Big 12 in this year's NBA draft. Grady Dick yeah. out of Kansas yes. was taken 13th yeah, overall. Lottery. You had Jalen Wilson also from Kansas okay. that, were ta that was taken in the first round. Keontae George, who's killing it right now in summer yes. league for the Jazz. Second rounder. Yeah. And no, no, he was first rounder. Yeah, he was first rounder. Yeah, first, yeah, yeah. first rounder. And then um, and Keontae Johnson uh, from K-State. Okay. was in the second round. Okay, I mean, yeah, yes. So there you had four. Now, that doesn't even take into account, and this brings, it's another tie into the Jazz. UCF, now, wasn't in the Big 12 last year. UCF but they counts. Are, but Taylor Hendricks, ninth overall pick so five, by the Jazz. Five picks. That's five picks. Five picks out of that conference. There are, what, 60-ish picks in the There's 60. 60? Okay, yeah. hey, five of those from one conference. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive, okay? So... I feel like BYU, they would benefit the most just to help build recruiting. Hey, you can come and play at the Marriott Center in the best basketball conference in America in this magical environment. We can develop you, and you can reach the NBA. It just has not happened for yeah. BYU a ton. I feel like they would benefit the most from having an NBA draft pick at some point in the near future. That's not to say that BYU can't have a great team without an NBA guy, because if you rewind to 2020 when... COVID shut down that magical team, sadly. Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, Alex Barcelo, Zach Selyus. None of those guys were NBA draft picks or played in the NBA for that matter, Jason, but they all were like high-level professional basketball yeah. potentials in Europe. And most of them did have a stint, if not multiple, or are, not, are still currently playing in Europe or Asia. So it's not like the end-all be like you have to have an NBA guy or you're not going to be a good team. That's not the case. Did Davies win the, the, a championship? Did, oh, did Brandon Davies? Yeah. So, so you have Davies and Elijah Bryant that have won championships. But they were not drafted. No, but, but right. I'm saying yeah. that's, that kind of – that draws attention to your program. Sure. So being able to play professional basketball – and I agree with you, the answer probably is, is basketball. The, the only thing that would keep me from being 
10 toes down on basketball <laughs> is, <laughs> is the highest profile sport mm -hmm. is on, in college is football. Yes, but I feel like they're doing a good job. But no, I agree. But the, the more draft picks that they get, it's, it's, such, it's such a higher profile that I, I think a case could be made that still it, it might maybe football, even though they're killing it right now with that, especially quarterbacks. You're looking for three years in a row, you'd have a quarterback drafted because we're assuming Keaton Slovis is going to have an unbelievable year and get drafted. Wow, three quarterbacks in a row, nine draft picks yes. in the last three years. But the, the answer, I agree with you, probably is basketball, especially because of the league it's going into where you've got not only – you know, multiple teams that have players drafted every year, and you're talking about blue bloods like Kansas that's in your conference, but you're talking about teams that have won national championships within the last five years. Yes, yes. Yeah, football makes the biggest impact. Like, football has – is probably – You're probably getting the most notoriety from yes, football draft yes. picks. has the most exposure. Yes. For sure. And, again, this BYU is benefiting from this. We're talking – if we're just talking just straight, like – who would benefit the most from just having a bigger presence? Say, I feel like BYU football has a decent presence yes. in the draft yes. now. Like, they're, it's okay. Sure, it would be amazing if it were bigger. Basketball has been so sparse. That's why I, I kind of went that direction. The last draft pick was Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Three draft picks in the last, what, 25 years? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. Oh, man. I think you're right. Our question of the day, back to Big 12 Media Days. We're headed there tonight. We will be live from Jerry's World in Texas, in Arlington, I believe. Arlington, Texas. Okay, in Arlington, technically, Dallas area, tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. Our question of the day, we would like you to help us with this. What's the one question you want answered most at Big 12 Media Days? Nolan Mickelson on Facebook says, how does Steve Sarkeesian feel about facing his alma mater this year. You agree with me. I can't wait to ask Sark that question and just kind of gauge his relationship with BYU and, and how he views his alma mater. I mean, he's, a big, he's big time, right? He's yeah. a big time coach with a big time resume. How does he feel about facing the Cougars? BYU Sports Nation, we've been talking about it, hitting the road to Arlington for Big 12 Media Days. We'll have you covered with interviews with Kalani Satake, Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, and a number of other head coaches and players from other Big 12 teams. Make sure to catch us tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, noon Eastern, on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Up next, men's hoops transfer Ali Khalifa makes his Studio B debut. What was his one-day visit from Mark Pope in Egypt like when he came to visit his family? And why did he pick BYU over Florida? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Outlet to Watson, Watson rejected. Waterman, watch a three, got it. Here's Hall, Atiki's got it. It's a new day and a new venture for BYU men's basketball as they push into the toughest basketball conference in America in the Big 12. Welcome back to Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Now, we're bringing up men's basketball because yesterday we had the chance to speak with one of the newest BYU basketball big men, Ali Khalifa, who was a transfer from Charlotte. He's originally from Egypt. 
And listen, there were some real suitors after him in the transfer portal. Why did he pick BYU, and what makes his relationship with Coach Pope so special? This is Jason and Spencer, two-on-one with Ali Khalifa. Ali, it's great to have you in Provo and to have you in Studio B. Finally, we've been very excited about this moment, a chance to talk with you. Now that you're in Provo, uh, how much has it taken you to get acclimated to uh, the new area and to Utah and to Provo and BYU? I mean, not much, just um, not a long time. Obviously, I've been here for two three weeks. Um, it's been fun. Uh, the guy's been taking me everywhere. My best friend and my, my girlfriend came to visit me. So we kind of just climbed a couple of mountains and um, went around Provo. <laughs> around Utah. Um, it's pretty fun, great people. Like everybody just look at me smiling and saying hi. And some people recognize me, but not, not a lot of them yet because I haven't played yet. But um, yeah, it's been great. So obviously, you know, you, it became public that you were gonna come to, to BYU. It's been a while. So you've had some time to have it sort of settle in. What's, what's it like now where you're, you're getting closer to the season? It's becoming more and more real. You're here, all that stuff. It's just exciting. Just. Since I committed in April, I believe, it's just like I just want to come out here and practice with the guys and work out and get in the weight room and like get better every day with the guys here. And I feel like I'm just living it right now. Like what I thought a month ago, I was home. I was just so excited to come back to Provo to practice. And obviously, like this summer goes by so fast for college athletes, and yes. we're just gonna be in season in, in short time. I'm just really excited for the Big 12 and to just to play with the guys and compete at the highest level. You've chronicled uh, in a few accounts why you chose BYU and your relationship with Mark Pope, but our audience uh, would love to kind of get some more detail in that regard. So let's, let's go back to the moment you entered the transfer portal and BYU came into the picture. What, what was that moment like and, and what initially attracted you about BYU? Yeah, it was, it was different. I didn't expect BYU would reach out, to be honest. Like I expected, I expected a couple of schools would reach out. They were, I really thought they were like, they will reach out. I didn't really think BYU will reach out. I didn't know BYU was going to the Big 12. So that's the first thing Coach Nick texted me when he recruited me. We were going to the Big 12. So that was the main attraction of, of uh, the recruitment process. Um, we had a Zoom like a day after they texted me. It was so quick. Um, it was just like I had it. It was so clicking, especially in the Zoom call when Coach mm -hmm. Pope was asking my sister a lot of questions. He wasn't really recruiting me. He was kind of <laughs> recruiting, recruiting my sister. And um, I was in Ramadan too. I was fasting. Yeah. Came out of here. Coach Poe fasted with me one day. I actually said that one time. He fasted with me on Friday morning till 8 p.m. So that was so cool from him. Just says a lot about him as a as a person before being a coach. Um, obviously the basketball stuff just fitting in the system, and they haven't had like a six eleven big man in a while. Yeah, it's I, been a while, Ali. Yeah. 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 Can pass and shoot. Uh, that's very different than the style of play here. So I feel like that will fit in together, especially in the Big 12 with these athletic, athletic bigs. Um, and yeah, just watching film with Coach here, coming on the visit was great. Um, I had another visit the week after to Florida, and, and I felt like BYU was the right place to be, and I committed right away after my visit, um, my visit to Florida. And obviously, Coach Pope is just great. He's just like a big brother for me. Mm. I mean, like we talked about before, he came to, all the way to Egypt just to see my family. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a coach do that. Even in Egypt, my coaches never saw my family. So it says a lot about him. He's, he's a great guy, fun guy. Um, 
he's very different. So that's what I really like about him. Yeah. Well, and look, he, he went all the way to Egypt to see your family. He's only there for a couple of hours. What did you do with Coach Pope? Because I'm sure, obviously, you, you want to kind of show him where you're from and some of those things. What, what do you do with Coach Pope for those couple hours? Yeah, he, he came to Cairo first. So he never texted me when he arrived. So I thought. Something. So you didn't know he was coming? I knew he was coming, but I knew his flight. He never texted me when he got to the hotel. It's like 2 a.m. And I kind of got worried a little bit. He faced on me in the morning at the pyramids. So it's kind of, I was like, oh, all right. I was like, oh, all right. Like, like you're using a Zoom background. Are you I get serious? It. Exactly. Did you do one of those? Yeah. Then he drove all the way to Alexandria. And I don't know if you guys know, driving in Egypt is really hard. But I was so surprised. He actually rented a car and drove all the way. Wow. As soon as he came, he parked his car. We got in our car because I didn't trust him driving in Egypt, to be honest. And I'm By the way, <laughs> Egypt, do they drive on the right side or the left side of the road? No, the same as here. Okay, so all right. All right. It just, there's that no, hurdle is taken out of the way then. There's no rules, so it's just really <laughs> confusing. But um, I don't drive in Egypt. I get scared, to be honest. But my sister drove us around. We went to my old house, the house I grew up in. And we went to my old school um, just to see around. I haven't been there in years, so it was very surprising for me, too. I was like getting back memories. And yeah. went to my sports club. We saw the basketball courts. Then we went to eat with my family. It was really good. We had some great meals. And um, we went straight to my house just to talk and eat dessert there. Uh, he tried a lot of new stuff. Um, we went to the like this big castle of Alexandria. It's kind of like historical, like Muhammad Ali, like the great, not, not the boxer. He's uh, another guy. He okay. built it. <laughs> uh, yes. Because he got conf Coach Pope got confused when I told him that. And then we went to a mosque. He just saw around. Yeah. And he drove back to Cairo to take the flight back. So it was, it was pretty cool. It felt like it's a long time, but it wasn't. It was actually like five, six hours, but it was really, like, really cool. My family loved him, and my sister obviously met him before, so wow. it, was, it was great. It's fantastic. Ali Khalifa is with us on BYU Sports Nation, one of the new big men for BYU basketball as the Cougars transition into the Big 12. You've talked a lot about how you felt at home and the cultural fit here in Provo, and I know you share some things in common with Atiki and Foos, and you have a Muslim backdrop, so... Why is it that the culture works for you here in Provo? I feel like the, both the religions are very similar to each other, yeah. I would say, and in some way. And um, I just felt like home is just very safe here. Where, wherever I've lived before, it wasn't that safe in Charlotte, to be honest with you. But it's very, just very safe. People are just great. It just Whenever you walk around and see people smiling at you, saying hi to you, even they don't know you, but they're just saying hi to you because they're nice people. And um, even the team, just everybody inviting me, inviting me to their house, inviting me to see their families, and it just it just feels like home. It's just I never had this before, and it was it's just great to see. Like in three weeks here, I've been to a lot of places with the guys. Um, I feel like the guys and the people here that makes it home, mm. but also like the environment. You feel like there's not a lot of places to go. It's like it's kind of like from the house to the school. You just get better every day. And you also can have fun with the guys, hang out with them every day. So I feel like just like the connection with the guys and the coaches and the people here in Provo is just really good as well as like I said it before, whenever I committed and posted on Twitter, I never had this many followers and reaches <laughs> ever in my life. It was crazy. It happens quickly. It happens right. really quickly. And that makes me feel like home whenever I see like about 4,000 comments just saying welcome to the family just makes me feel good. Well, you already talked about how much of an influence going to the Big 12 was in making your decision. And obviously being able to play in that conference, anybody would love that opportunity. So let's, let's focus on the team itself. What do you make of this team as it's, as it's starting to build its way into this first year in the Big 12? I mean, 
So wait, can you repeat the question a little bit? Just uh, what, what do you make of this team? And I know you've only been here a little bit, but yeah. what do you make of your teammates as, as you guys embark on this, on this new journey into the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, we're really excited. We work out every day just we know we're going to the Big 12. So it's kind of <laughs> like the best for me, in my opinion, is the best conference in America. The teams in it are really good. Especially we agree. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the guys really, we working hard every day. Like we do a lot of, a lot of scrimmages. I'm not in it 100% right now, but even when we play with each other, or even if I'm not playing, I get the guys who are like, Ali, we're really excited to play with you. We're really excited to play together. And all we talk about is the Big 12. Like teams are not expecting us to do a lot in the Big 12, especially in men's basketball. And that's really exciting for us. It's just like, it's just motivating that Teams are doubting us, and we are a really good team. I feel like we got the right pieces on the transfer portal. Obviously, with Quiz and Dawson and the guys who are returning, we have a lot of returning guys, a lot of experience, as well as young guys. It's kind of weird. There's a lot of sophomores and juniors on the team. And with fifth-year seniors, with seniors, it's just really exciting to see this group come together and just compete in the Big 12 because like, you gotta, if you want to be the best, you're going to go through the best. And I feel like the best teams are in... Uh, the Big 12 Conference. I'm really, I'm just really excited. Ali, I've watched your tape and I've talked with the coaches at length, and obviously they're very excited about a number of things that you do and you bring to the floor, your ability to shoot. But I think everybody always kind of comes back to, have you seen this guy pass? Like he can pass the ball at an elite level. So at 6'11", when did that become a thing for you where you're like, I'm pretty good at this and I can, you know, make a career out of this? Yeah, I feel like, before I left home when I was 14, 15, it kind of came in a way that uh, Ali's never going to be the most athletic guy on the court, so I needed to find another way to be one of the best guys on the court. Um, I just love seeing my teammates happy and scoring and whoever. Everybody loves scoring, obviously. And I just see them making a shot or making a three, like making a layup, dunk, whatever. It just makes me really, really happy. And I feel like in Australia, too, they really developed me on this. Especially, we played with guys like Josh Giddy. Obviously, he's a great passer, 6'8", point guard. And it was really just coming together that, oh, I'm actually a really good passer. I can see the court mm -hmm. from other angles that some point guards don't even see. And it just kept developing this. And in Charlotte, I had a redshirt year. Uh, I was on scout team just passing the ball every time. <laughs> and really, like Coach Sanchez and Coach Ferenc really took the moment to sit with me to tell me that I need to get a little selfish because <laughs> They're like, Ali, you're so unselfish, like I'm passing on layups just to pass the ball. But I feel like that was just my advantage all the time, shooting and passing. Um, I feel like I passed it better my freshman year than last year. Um, but, I mean, I see the court, I see everybody on the court, and I think that's the biggest advantage I have, especially in the Big 12 with this all-athletic bigs um, coming after me because I can shoot, and then we're going to get a lot of backdoor cuts and a lot of... I mean, we were a very good three-point shooting team. That's where it was. To be in three weeks here, we, re we really shoot the ball, everybody. So it's, it's really exciting. I'm really excited to play with the guys and give them a couple of assists. Well, the role of a big man has changed so much. Yeah. Even, I mean, certainly 10, 20 years ago, but even three to five years ago, yeah. you know, it's what you were talking about. It's bigs handle the ball. They, they assist. They shoot from the perimeter. It, it sounds like that's your game. The, the, the modern big is what you are. Yeah, I feel like whenever I was home, I was doing this stuff. Everybody's like, oh, whoa, like bigs don't do that. <laughs> Dunk the ball and, and layups and stuff. But I felt like the game is going, it was going toward this way with like Jokic doing this stuff and Anthony Davis and these people, like they handed the ball as well as they shoot the ball. Um, 
yeah, I feel like every big in the NBA right now, they can do all of this yeah. stuff. Like the best two bigs are Joel Embiid and Jokic, and that's all they do. Yes. Um, yeah, just the game has changed, and I, I got to get better every day how the way game has changed. So. Are those the two guys you try and emulate, Jokic um, and not, Embiid? Not a lot of Embiid, to be honest. He's way more athletic, but um, Jokic been... Sure. Growing up was Dirk Nowitzki, and then it changed to Jokic. Um, the way he passes the ball, just like whenever I was watching, I was like, oh, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. And um, I mean, he's the best player in the world right now, basketball player in the world. So, How yeah. big is basketball in Egypt? I mean, how, how much are you able to pay attention to college basketball or the NBA and that kind of stuff? I mean, gr growing now it's way better. Growing up, it wasn't that much. It was just like my dream is to play for the national team. I play in a sports club team and sign a contract, whatever, in Egypt. But I feel like growing up, just see people like there's a lot of people my age traveled before me so i was like oh, i'll just take the chance i got a scholarship in australia why not just try it and like just growing up we didn't watch much nba we didn't have indian we don't have espn or anything like that just to watch like nba games i mean we knew players we knew lebron we knew dirk sure michael jordan whatever but we didn't have we didn't have that much like, oh, let's watch YouTube, let's go watch NBA. And, <laughs> but now it's better. The game is getting more popular now. That's what I really like. Um, all the kids now watch the NBA. They're getting all the shoes and stuff. It's pretty cool to watch, actually. I wish I was, that happened when I was younger, but I'm glad it's happening right now. So. Ali Khalifa is with us on BYU Sports Nation, new big man for the Cougars. What have your teammates and coaches told you about playing in front of a packed Marriott Center? Um, Coach Pope told me I will cry probably first game. <laughs> so, um, I'm really excited. I mean, in Charlotte we had we had a great student student fans. I don't want to talk crap or anything. Sure, but, sure. Um, they they were pretty cool. It's just because I was I mean like Fus here is like fan favorite because he's international. I get it because back in Charlotte that was me. Um, just the fans like chanting my name every game and whatever I do they just get happy. And I thought that was a lot of fans. And then I knew, I always knew BYU fans are like crazy. And there's a lot of them, obviously, the student section, and it just goes wild. I'm just really excited. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. It's just, yeah. it's going to be obviously a little, I'll be a little nervous the first couple of games, obviously, just to see around, there's about 18,000, 19,000 people sitting. Um, I'm just really excited. I never played in, the biggest arena I played it with, uh, Spectrum Center, Charlotte, mm -hmm. but there wasn't that much fans, so that's, that's probably going to be the most fans that will be in front, so I'm really excited. I'm excited for the fans to chant, Ali, Ali, Ali. It's going to be great, man. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, the energy in that building is, is something special. Yeah. Hey, uh, needless to say, we're thrilled to have you here. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit us in uh, Studio B, and um, just so you know, when you visit the show, we give you BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay. It's just good luck for it's a real thing. It, it's real. Thing. It's it real. It's documented hundreds of cases. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Okay. So now you have it. And if that's just uh, getting through the summer and workouts and good health and, and getting into school, then so be it, man. But uh, so. thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was fun. Yep. Ali Khalifa, BYU men's basketball. What a humble budding star for BYU. And frankly, I want to be a little more selfish. Take Look, a few more shots. Yeah, he, he's going to be an a very important piece to BYU and what they're building yeah. heading into the Big 12. He, his skill set is exactly not only what BYU needs, but exactly where this game is going. We talked about that in the interview. His ability to pass as a big man 
is 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 what bigs do yeah. now. It's just it's just part of it. Everybody has to have guys that can do that, and he's proven he can. All right, let's keep it rolling. All right, if you miss any interviews, Deep Blues shows or games, you can always find them on BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all the BYU TV sports content on demand. Still on the way, more BYU basketball with center Atiki Ali Atiki, who may soon jump out of a gym, literally. This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. Alongside Jason, I'm Spencer. Let's get to today's headlines. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Big 12 football media days start tomorrow at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. BYU making its conference debut. Five players, and those five players would be Keaton Slovis, Cody Epps, Ben Bywater, Tyler Batty, and Ryan Rico, along with Coach Sataki, will be present down at uh, AT&T Stadium. BYU Sports Nation will also be present and live in the Lone Star State at noon Eastern tomorrow through Friday. The Big 12 has announced on-campus Big 12 homecoming events over the next three years throughout the league. Four schools per year, starting with the new four this season. BYU's Big 12 homecoming goes down the weekend of October 19th through the 21st. During the football game versus Texas Tech, it will feature, get this, activities from Thursday to Saturday, including women's empowerment events, an elementary school getting a $50,000 makeover, and enhancing the football game day experience with tailgating, live DJ, merchandise giveaways, and an armed forces pregame flyover. Dave McCann is smiling somewhere. <laughs> Very cool stuff. And speaking of pretty cool, Tyler Batty named a nominee for the All-State AFCA Good Works team. Nominees are chosen based on work in their communities and their academic success. He's one of nine Big 12 players to be nominated. The preseason All-Big 12 volleyball team list is out with Whitney Bauer and Aaron Livingston being represented or representing rather the Cougars. Livingston, a unanimous selection voted by all the Big 12 head coaches. BYU third baseman Austin Deming was drafted by the Houston Astros in the 10th round of the Major League Baseball draft yesterday. Deming earned co-WCC Player of the Year honors and won the conference's triple crown, leading the WCC in home runs, RBI, and batting average. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has now had, in back-to-back -back seasons, players drafted in the top 10 rounds in back-to-back -back seasons. Fantastic. This is the first time since the 2004-2005 season that that has happened. It's been almost 20 years. In 2004, Nick Lemon was drafted in the eighth round. In 2005, uh, David Horlocker also drafted in the eighth round. All right, well done, How about Austin. That? Back to back years. Keep it rolling. Players drafted in the top 10 rounds. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, the transfer portal CFE tweeted out a quote from Cougar quarterback Keaton Slovis. He said, As a quarterback, I like being aggressive. You like to be able to take shots downfield and force the defense to go from there. When you look at BYU and what they do, 
They're super aggressive down the field, but it's not all dropbacks. They do a lot of movement, a lot of play action, a lot of screens. We have every different screen in the world. What do you make of this, Jason? Uh, I make that we're going to see a lot of variations of this BYU offense. There's not going to be just one way where they can move the ball down the field. Yes. I think they're going to take advantage of a lot of different things, screens certainly being part of it. This is nothing new. Aaron Rodgers very creative. This is what I expect from him. All, all right. right, time to bring back a tiki jumping clips. We all like to watch these, but uh, this time as photos. Holy Look at cow. that vert. What in the world? That reminds me, for a minute I thought this was my vert, and then I realized it was a tiki. How impressive is this? Uh, I'm pretty sure a tiki could jump over you standing. Oh, there's okay. no question about that. <laughs> I can literally walk underneath him as he's jumping. That's unbelievable. I just, I just hope to see it in the Big 12. High-flying dunks in the Marriott Center. Let's go, Atiki. Up next, we discuss more women's volleyball with Aaron Livingston and Kate Pryor. How do they feel about being picked to finish second in the conference behind Texas? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, Jason and I spoke with BYU women's volleyball stars Aaron Livingston and Kate Pryor to get their take on being picked to finish number two in the Big 12 media poll. Here's that combo. Great to have both of you fabulous women with us on BYU Sports Nation once again. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks and for Kate, having us. Welcome initially to the show. Thank you. All right. <laughs> you just got back uh, with competing with the United States National Collegiate Team. Um, so just we'll start with the general how was it question. Erin, uh, we'll have you answer first, and then we'll talk to you, Kate, about yeah. that. Yeah. It was so fun. It was such an awesome experience. We had a group of 20 girls there, so we got to get really close with everyone and play a lot of volleyball, so it was super fun. And it was really awesome getting coached by a group of um, women, uh, our women staff, so. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Kate, how was the experience for you? Yeah, it was, it was so amazing. I did not expect to be there, but I made it, <laughs> and it was super cool. I got to meet a lot of cool people and learn from amazing coaches, and yeah, it was just awesome. What were the practices like? Because everybody talks about those, like that, you know, those those are some of the most important, you know, times that you guys will will be together. And a lot of times it rivals some of the some of the games that you would play down the line. But those practices can get pretty intense, right? Yeah, there's tons of playing just the whole time. You know, we work on the technical stuff, serving and passing, but lots of playing. So it's fun. Yeah, for sure. What it's was like, it like to have your coach there? Okay. Kind of, really kind of cool. watching over everything, Kate. Yeah, like cause yeah. that's a unique experience. I mean, you're in a you're in a new environment, but still, there's some familiarity yeah. with with Coach Olmstead. What was that like? Yeah, no, I think it was a cool way to connect with Heather in another way and kind of see her lead out in a different um, environment. And it was just kind of cool to see her do her thing. Does she ease up on you in that in that, <laughs> in that setting, or is she tougher on you because? Because of uh, where you play. Yeah, how was, is that? Is there preferential actually, treatment? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't get special treatment, but yeah. she was awesome. I, it was actually fun getting to ask her a lot of questions, you know, get better at that different level with her. So she was a great leader the whole time, and it's fun. Outstanding. Yeah. Kate, where do you feel like you got, you improved the most from this camp? Man, I feel like I served a lot. So I feel like serving wise i learned a lot about my serve and obviously just being more competitive and learning new things 
Nice. Aaron, same question for you. Yeah. Where do you feel like you got better the most? Yeah, I just feel like all the girls there are huge, you know, put up a huge block. And so I would say just swinging high and hard every time, just with those bigger blockers. And then, like Kate, and Kate said, we did a lot of serving and passing. And so in that area as well, I got better at so. This question would be for both of you as well. You guys talked about the experience that it was and what it meant to you. How can you take what you learned there and then have it translate it to, uh, to the Smithfield house when the season begins? Yeah, I think one of my favorite things I learned there was just holding your team to a high standard and holding people accountable in a kind way. You know, they're your teammates and you love them, but um, it was just such a cool opportunity to see the high level there and just everybody, even though you didn't know them, holding each other to that high standard. Yeah, I'd kind of say the same thing. It's super competitive and it was just cool to see how you can just learn from different people and I kind of want to bring that back to Smithfield House, learn from my teammates and just grow together. All right, Aaron Livingston, Kate Pryor with us on BYU Sports Nation as we look ahead to now BYU women's volleyball in the Big 12. Pick to finish second in the Big 12 preseason poll. And not every sport is going to enter a Power 5 conference and then just like be vaulted to that level. <laughs> But this is where BYU women's volleyball is as a program. That's a credit to you and so many athletes and the coaching staff and Coach Olmstead. But how do you feel about being picked to finish second in the Big 12? It's exciting. I mean, it's a huge honor. And all I can say is we're just really grateful, um, excited to go play really good teams. And so it's just a huge honor that, you know, people see us at that level. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's super exciting. And um, I think we're just really excited to show the Big 12 what we're about and who we are. So sure. it's going to be exciting. Does it bother you a little bit that you're not number one? <laughs> I wondered about you're that. You're so close. Yeah, I wondered about so that. close. So close. Well, it's well, awesome. Aaron, one of the other things that, that happened for you personally, you and Whitney Bauer named to the, to the preseason All-Big 12 team. What did that mean to you? Yeah, that's an honor, too. I was When I heard that, I'm just like, that's – I'm so grateful to be named that. And I'm just excited to keep getting better to help my team win and winning the Big 12. I'm calling my shot. I think Kate's going to be on that postseason. Oh, team. yes. Oh, for you sure. With, are you with me there? Uh, 100%. <laughs> the Big 12 will take notice. Yes. Right? Like, they, they will notice very quickly. I love it. Uh, okay. Uh, when you look at the schedule, um, what jumps off the page immediately as, as you look at uh, the entirety of the volleyball schedule? I just see a ton of great teams. Like, it's just going to be so fun. At USA, we played with some of the girls that are at Baylor, Houston, and they're just incredible athletes, incredible teams. And so it's just going to be a really high level that we're really excited about. Yeah, same. I'm just, I'm excited to play Texas, yes. the national champions. And also all the other schools, they're amazing. It's just going to be super exciting to play at a really high level in the Big 12. Is that really what it boils down to? It's just a, a higher level of competition? Because obviously volleyball is volleyball. And there may be some, you know, things that, you know, strategically that, that change, but you guys go in, you pick second. They obviously know how good the program is. I mean, what, what really is, is the biggest difference heading into the Big 12 for you guys? Yeah, I just I think for me and our team, it's just everyone's so good. Everyone has that high level. You know, a lot of teams are in the top 16, Elite Eight, that are in this conference. And so, yeah, just high level. Yeah. What she said, <laughs> high level, for sure. You mentioned you cross paths with some players that you're going to see yeah. in, in conference play, uh, whether that's head-to-head -head or whatnot, maybe in a tournament later down the road. But was there 
I mean, was there any fun jabbing at that point? Oh. Like, <laughs> talk it. Actually, it was fun. Our roommate. So we yeah. had like three to a room and our roommates from Baylor. And so cool. we would talk about it. And there was no jabbing. It was just like, we're really excited to see each other again and okay. get to play each other. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of buying that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been the jet setters, though. You guys had your foreign trip this, this summer. Tell everybody where you guys went and what that experience was like. Yeah, that was awesome. We went yeah. to Egypt, Turkey, and Greece. And we went a little bit to Paris, too, for yeah. a day. Kate, was it your idea to get on the camels? <laughs> yeah, and it was all my idea. No. <laughs> but it was so fun. It's probably my favorite part, the camels. Yes. Yeah. The camels were so cool. It was just an unreal experience. I, can't, I still can't believe we went. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just surreal stuff. The backdrops of the pictures that were coming to us here as you were experiencing that, we were like, what in the world? Yeah. That, that is like an epic bucket list trip. But what did it do for you as a team? As Jace was alluding to, what, what did it do for your chemistry as a team? Yeah, I think we just had even stronger connections than we've had before. And a lot of new like freshmen that have come in, they were there with us. And we got to learn more about them and get close with them and just closer together, the whole team. Did you have a favorite part of the trip, Kate? I mean, you said you like the camels. Yeah, I think my favorite place was probably Greece, but um, I think the camels were for sure my favorite part. What's the jet lag like coming back from a trip like that? <laughs> oh, or going to that? I've got, I've got to imagine it's probably pretty difficult coming back to the yes, States. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. I like could not, well, I would like wake up at four and then oh, man. sleep forever. It was so bad. But when we were going there, we played Egypt pretty soon right after and we were all jet lag. Like it was pretty crazy, but... It was fun. Like, it's a fun experience. <laughs> What's the flight time for something like that? Um, so, like, 10 hours yeah. was, like, our way back. Was, yeah, like and 11. Close to the same yeah. on the way back. Yeah, listen, you're going to have a bunch of layovers. You're going to be exhausted. <laughs> yes. And you need to go play the Egyptian national team. And we're going to yep. need you to perform at a high level, okay? <laughs> Super, That's simple. About it. Yeah. Super simple. Super <laughs> simple. Yeah. Uh, it's a great experience. Yeah. Well, congratulations uh, to both of you on a fun trip. Great summer um, and your individual honors as a team for being picked to finish second. We too cannot wait to watch BYU compete in the Big 12. So let's give you some BYU Sports Station <laughs> karma. Take it, get ready, and uh, we'll be underway before you know it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. R.J. Johnson wants this answered. Will any Big 12 school put their mascot up against Cosmo in a halftime dance-off? They will not. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, goes to Austin Deming, drafted by the Astros. For Jason, I'm Spencer. See you tomorrow live in Arlington, Texas. Big 12 Media Day is Go Cougs.